everyone, welcome to the Hibs Observer Morning Briefing with myself here, Liam Bryce, with Patrick McPartland, as always, as we take a look back at Saturday's uh, 1-0 defeat up in Perth against St Johnston, and then a wee look ahead to what comes next for Hibs, which is another away day, another jaunt, um, this time away up to Dingwall uh, to face Ross County. Um, but before we get to that, we'll have a look back over um, Saturday's game. Um, and unfortunately, from a Hibs perspective, there wasn't an awful lot to like about it, Patrick, was there? Um, I think I'd probably go as far as to say there was nothing to like about it. Um, it was, I think, arguably the arguably the most disappointing performance since Montgomery took the reins. Um, just really, really kind of disjointed, really kind of drab, dreary, lots of other negative words. Just really kind of uninspiring. And I think... In the context of you know, I mean, seven days after they sort of recorded a gritty win against Livingston, in you know similar conditions, uh, away from home again, a place they've struggled to go in the past, it was a little bit baffling, I think, to see them. I mean, most of the starting eleven was the same um, between the two games, and it was just really, I think, a bit surprising to see just you know what was like a really kind of insipid performance. I mean, no shots on target. And not an awful lot to like about it. You know, there wasn't a lot in midfield. There wasn't, I mean, you've got, you know, a front four that includes Elie Yuan, Martin Boyle, Jair Tavares, Dylan Bente, and, you know, nothing, just nothing came from them. There was, you know, nothing, nothing that made you think, you know, could get back into this when they went one down, or even that they were, you know, kind of at the races before, um, before St. Johnston's goal, I think. One of the things I've noticed with this Hibs team, and you know, with Hibs teams in the past as well, is that you can usually tell within the first five or ten minutes of a game if they're if they're at it. And I think you know, Perth on Saturday was very much a case of looking at the first five or ten minutes and thinking, "Yikes!" Um, because it just you know, wayward passes, people were slow to second balls. It was just really kind of kind of sort of typical mid midwinter fair, um, you know, on a pitch that wasn't great in in pretty poor weather conditions. Um, so I think not, not a huge, not a huge sort of surprise the the final result given the performance. Um, I think what probably was surprising was just how kind of you know uninspiring and and poor it was when you know I think there's not really been too many displays like that uh, under under Montgomery since he came in. Yeah, uh, I think I, I completely agree. I think it's probably is the the worst performance um, of his of his tenure so far. Um, I think anybody could argue with the with the result, and I think you've you've kind of alluded to it there. I feel like in even in other games where Hibs haven't played particularly well throughout, you know, even when you know, when they losing four 0 at Ibrox, um, you know, losing four at Celtic Park, they've always showed something. Even yeah. in those games, I felt like that the, the, there was still, you know, we maybe wee bits and pieces here and there that you could pick out and think, right, okay, generally it wasn't great, but you know, this is still a team in the this early stages of a, you know, a, a transition. Um, you can take positives from maybe this or that, but I just didn't, I didn't really see anything uh, in that on Saturday, and it was one of those, one of those games that I think even before, you know before kick off you're you're thinking, you look at all the elements of it all coming together and thinking this could potentially be, you know, quite hazardous. Um, you know, the middle of a, a kind of a tough run of away games, um, another kind of horrible day for football, pitch not the best, uh, your captain's missing, 
Um, and then you don't really need to, I suppose we don't really need to go into the Craig Levine factor um, <laughs> thrown in to that as well. Um, you know, that's sort of being reunited with a familiar foe element of it. And there was just, uh, it, it was just a really kind of bad day at the office. I think Montgomery used those words himself. He didn't, he didn't try and shy away from um, how kind of poor it was. He did say afterwards that, you know, he didn't think Hibs deserved to win, um, but he said they probably didn't deserve to lose. I think it's maybe one of the first times I've quite strongly disagreed with him um, on something like that. Uh, I, I don't think they deserved anything from it at all. And so we'll have a, a piece on the website later on today, kind of drilling into the um, the numbers, um, the trends throughout the game, if you can stomach reading that. Uh, but it, it's it's the kind of it very much aligns up with the 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 eye test of um, what we saw on Saturday. Some of the numbers and the, the Hibs performance aren't great. It's kind of no surprise, I think, for anybody to learn it was a sort of lowest. Um, expected goals uh, tally of the season so far. Um, st- stats bomb that we use had that down as just 0.14 um, overall, and then from open play it was even lower at 0.04, and that kind of that really does sort of tally with what we we saw on the pitch. And um, says we'll have more on this later, and I just think this kind of sums up just how much Hibs weren't at it. You know, we can sort of track how that. Uh, expected goals, how it you know it kind of rises throughout the game, you know, just against the the ninety minutes, and so the the kind of the number after ninety minutes was you know zero point one four, um, and that was the same as it was on sixty five minutes, which kind of shows you that you know you'd expect at least some sort of late you know flurry or charge to try and get back into the game, um, but it just. It never. It, I don't know how you feel, but it just never felt like it was coming at any point, Patrick. I know there was a couple of maybe you know minor stramashes in the box at one point. There was a late shout for a penalty against Chris Kane, but I thought that had been very harsh against him, to be honest. Um, yeah. And it just didn't. It didn't feel like it was coming, and you could see it from the outset. I thought, to be honest, uh, it just. It, it just wasn't, it just didn't quite click at all. Um, I think you kind of correctly highlighted midfield has been a bit of an issue um, in the sense that I feel like we saw that, I feel like we saw this in a couple of the earlier games as well, but then Hibs managed to maybe overcome it and just a sort of struggle to link the midfield and the attack. I felt like both Dylan Levitt and uh, Jimmy Jago were playing quite deep. Um, almost kind of too close to each other at times. That's why you miss Joe Newell, isn't it? He is, you wouldn't say he's an attacking midfielder as such, but he sort of brings a different dynamic, more an attacking threat um, than the than, than Levitt and Jago would, I feel. And I think from there, the front four just really struggled to get into the game. And when you're kind of as toothless an attack as that, you are always, you know, susceptible to... Um, being hit, you know, on the counter or in in this instance, um, a pretty uh, glaring error from Dylan Levitt. Um, but it's just, I don't know how you you can. It's it's one of those ones. Do you, do you do you just put it down to a bad day at the office, or do you think, well, no, you kind of really need to expect a wee bit better? Because I think you know, last week the gritty performance against Livingston, I think fans are they're sort of well, more willing to be accepting of those kind of games where where teams dig it out if they then back up with a good performance afterwards, yeah. if, you know, to sort of draw a line under it. Um, but then, I don't know, maybe it's just me with, you know, 2020 hindsight that you, you then kind of look, do you look at the Livingston game a wee bit differently? Because I feel like, 
you know, Hibs only played well for maybe about 15, 20 minutes of that game. It's where they got the goal. And then I felt like maybe a lot of it out with that was kind of similar to what we saw for long periods uh, on Saturday there. I don't, am I being a bit harsh there, Patrick, or do you slightly I agree? I don't think you are. I think I mean, what I would say is that when you look back at the previous performances or the most recent performances, taking Celtic out of the equation, if you look at the you know the victories against Kilmarnock, Dundee, Livingston, there was there was an element in all of those games of you know Hibs were lucky there, and you know to a certain extent, yes, they were. Um, you know, you look at the the sort of the, the VAR incident towards the end of the the victory in Livingston. You look at um, you know the fact they went down to ten against Dundee and, and managed to withstand you know a bit of a late onslaught and. You know, against Kilmarnock as well, you you look at the stats. You know, we've we've got the data from stats, but like we're saying, and you know, it's it's all, you know, it's, it's there in black and white that you know Kilmarnock had you know more chances, had more of the I think more of the ball, and you know, certainly looks like they might take something from it. And you know, obviously they didn't. And in what is a results business, the three points ultimately is is the only thing that matters. And I think when you when you look at successful teams, if you take Celtic and Rangers for example, um. I think when you look at when you look back at previous seasons, some of the games that have made a difference for both teams have been when they've gone away to a difficult venue, be it McDermott Park, be it the Tony Macaroni, be it you know Dens Park or Global Energy Stadium where Hibs are going this weekend. And you know it's it's not a vintage display, but they still managed to grind out a result. And in the end, it's you know it's it's all about can you go there? Can you get the three points? You know, can you then use that to build on in the next game? And, you know, I think you're right when you say that, I mean, fans do forgive sort of backs-to-the-wall gritty performances um, if it gets to three points, if there's then an obvious kind of uptick in, in the in the display the, the following game. And I don't think we saw that um, from Livingston to St. Johnston. I think, you know, the, the side just, they just really, really kind of jaded, I thought, Um you know, just from the start, you could just tell, I mean, we've talked about the conditions, we've talked about the fact they were missing Joe Newell, um, and he's still a bit of a polarising figure with some sections of the support, but I think his his absence on Saturday certainly showed just what he brings to this team. And, you know, it, it might not be a case that on his own, he is the difference maker in this team, but I think you can look at him as the kind of glue that holds the rest of the squad together. Like, we've seen him... You know, under Montgomery, we've seen him partner uh, Levitt in the midfield. We've seen him partner, Je- partner Jago in the midfield. And both of those combinations work. And, you know, on, on paper, then, you know, Levitt and Jago surely should be a, a decent access as well. But, you know, they, they just weren't. And, you know, as, as we know in football, just because something works on paper doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work on the pitch. But, you know, the other, the other element of, of Saturday's game was the, you know... Th- and, and just for Hibs in general, if, if Martin Boyle and Ellie Yuan in particular are not sort of at the races, then Hibs are very, very toothless. And when you take Joe Newell out of the equation as well, who, you know, is, is really your only kind of midfielder at the moment, discounting Josh Campbell, who, you know, doesn't seem to be being played as a central midfielder in the system. You don't really have anyone kind of bringing the ball forward, starting attacks, looking to get on the front foot. And I, I, think, I think it was particularly telling that 10 minutes into the second half, uh, Montgomery brought Bashiri on for for Paul Handen, and I think within five minutes Bashiri had you know sort of taken the ball and sort of driven forward into the middle of the park, and I think it actually led to a sort of rare rare attack for Hibbs. And you know I think that probably 
that probably highlights the problems um, you know that they that the squad has at the moment. And I think on top of that, the fact that the squad is so threadbare at the moment, um, you know, you're missing you're missing Adam Lafondre. I think he's been he's been sort of like his absence has been keenly felt in the past few weeks. Just that kind of experienced head in the final third. Um, you know, obviously there's um, you know Lewis Miller looks like he's been struggling with uh, with illness according to uh, according to the manager. You've then, uh, you know, you're, you're still waiting on the likes of Jake Doyle Hayes to come back. You're waiting on, you know, Chris Cadden, Harry McCurdy, people like that. So, you know, the, the squad is being the squad is being stretched, and I think, you know, it's when Montgomery the, the sort of physios and things are trying to manage players from from game to game. Like, you know, this player won't get risked if they're not 100. percent Then, you know, it, it does it does almost become sort of fairly obvious what the issues were. Um, you know, against St Johnston, and I think that you know there wasn't a there wasn't a great deal on the bench. You know, three subs were made. Um, you know, I think you know Josh Campbell coming on at right back, and Ronnie Whitaker. You've got um, Jair Tavares being moved into midfield um, from out wide, and it, it's just you know it, it did sort of really feel like from Montgomery's position, um, there wasn't really a lot left that he could do. Um, I know you know I see some fans on social media questioning some of the substitutions he makes. Um, but I think you know he's, he's spoken before that it's it's not a case of you know we've got eleven players who play sort of seventy seventy five minutes and then we start subbing off if boys are tired. You know he's, he's very much a a kind of modern coach who likes to use you know the full sort of full squad of players that he's allowed to on a match day. Um, you know to try and get the most out of games to try and sort of manage players' game time to try and you know turn games on their head in the hope of getting something out of it. So I, I think you know a, a lot of a lot of factors went into went into Saturday's defeat. Um, none of which I think can excuse what was a pretty kind of poor performance. As, as I said earlier, you know, I think it was something like nine of the the starting eleven in Perth was the same as it had been in Livingston. And you know, you really want to be you really want to be getting more from uh, from your players in games like this. Exactly the sorts of games that Hibs need to be winning on a regular basis if they do have designs on on finishing third and. You know, I think Montgomery's been. I think you know you could you could say that he has he has achieved a lot with this hip squad since he came in. I mean, three league defeats in I think it's fourteen games, two of which were to Celtic and Rangers. Isn't you know it's it's not it's not a bad return. And you know when you consider he's not had, you know he's not had a full squad for that time. None of these players are you know his own signings, and a lot of them might not be particularly well suited for the the system that he wants to play. But he still managed to get a tune out of them, and you know, on a couple of occasions, you know, St Mirren away, Dundee at home, Kilmarnock away in his first game, you know, they've, they've not been too far away from from getting you know better results than they came out with. And you know, if they had sort of held on for just a couple of minutes more, then you know, their points tally would be looking a lot more respectable. I think they'd be you know fairly clear in third, and I think maybe only six or seven points off off Rangers in second. So when you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. It's it's not, you know. Yes, Saturday was disappointing, but you know, I think I think Montgomery is the kind of man who will look at performances like that. He, you know, he takes full responsibility. I think he's, he did that in Perth. He just sort of said, you know, yeah, disappointing. That's on me. Um, you know, we go back to the training ground. We work on what you know didn't work out. And so far, like he's he's not followed up a league defeat <clears throat> with another defeat. You know, he's um, obviously when they. Um, when they lost the Rangers, they then followed that up with a respectable goalless draw against Celtic at Easter Road. Um, 
and when they lost against uh, when they got lost against Celtic in midweek, obviously they went to Livingston and won. So, you know, he seems to be quite good at, at getting a reaction from his players, from you know, getting them to kind of you know leave bad performances to one side rather than it sort of hanging over them into the next game. So, you know, on that basis and you know, aligned with the fact that you've got Joe Newell coming back um, and time, you know, a sort of best part would be to work on the training ground. I'd, I would be sort of fairly confident that it should at the very least be an improved performance in Dingwall on, uh, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, ideally they get the result as well. Um, going into the derby uh, just before New Year, you know, you really want a, a sort of positive performance and a positive positive result going into that. And, you know, you think, okay, there are limited players available at the moment due to injuries, but, you know, you would hope that, you know, the There'll be, you know, there'll be there'll be squad places up for place, uh, up for up for grabs, first team spots, um, up for grabs as well. We know, you know, Monty doesn't really like sticking to the same eleven uh, week in week out. Mm-hmm. I think you know the the sort of pool of being able to contribute to a good performance and a good result in uh, in Dingwall, you know, with the hope to sort of maybe put yourself into the the manager's thoughts for a start in the derby. Should you know, you would hope um, sort of spark some sort of reaction uh, from the players. Yeah, uh-huh. you would think so. I mean, because I mean, the answer you would get if you asked anybody about that is, "Oh, we only you know focus on the next game and stuff like that." But I think it's only human that you know when you know there's a big game coming up, um, that thoughts inevitably start you know drifting towards that in terms of wanting to put yourself in the frame uh, to play in it. Um, just kind of maybe last point on uh, Saturday there, the the goal um, was probably particularly frustrating in that you know <laughs> Hibs haven't played well. But at the same time, they have gifted St. Johnston the winner. Um, they've not really... I, I mean, you mean, I, I think, you, in being honest, I think the goal was coming. Um, it, 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 up until that point, David Marshall had made a, a few good saves. St. Johnston had kind of... They'd flashed a few really dangerous crosses across the face of goal. Um, I, I think it was on the cards, but for it to come in that um, manner uh, would have oh, been particular. Yeah. Yeah, but it'd be particularly frustrating, and it's. I suppose it's not. Um, it's not going to. It's one of those ones that is. It's certainly not going to help win over anybody who still thinks that um, Hibs shouldn't be trying to to play out from the back the, the way they are. Um, but I suppose something like that happening when you are still trying to learn this way of playing was not maybe not inevitable. But there's you're always kind of running that risk. Um, I just watching it back, I, I just I couldn't quite understand what. You know they were trying to do at that point because there is usually a very kind of you know recognisable setup from that. Either it'll be the centre half starts to play, passes it to the goalie, or the goalie will pass it to one of the centre halves. But I'm just not sure what Dylan Levitt was doing coming back um, to take the ball there because he's he is the guy that you want for not that not the first pass, the second pass, and then if you drop a midfielder in there, I don't know if he's just you know it's one of those ones where you're. You, eager to make something happen you want to get in you want to get on the ball you want to be the guy who's who gets the team moving um but it was just a strange one all round um the fact that he dropped into that space because then it removes you know and he's removing himself from the equation as an option um for somebody to pass out to which is yeah. i say is where you, you kind of want him and then he's tried quite an ambitious pass and it's it's backfired and you know it's, it's a great finish as well from Graham Carey. Um, I've seen Levitt taking a wee bit of stick, and obviously he'll take stick for the, the mistake, and Montgomery was quite 
you know, keen to you know protect them from that and say, you know, there's no there's no blame attached. This is the way that you know the team's being asked to play, um, and obviously people are going to make mistakes. Um, but just on a broader point in level, I have seen him taking a fair amount of criticism after Saturday, but I think. I feel like I want to stick up for him a wee bit because I feel like if you're going to, if this is the way that Hibs are going to be playing, um, you know, that's building out, building through the thirds. I think Levitt's got a lot to offer in that sense. I, I feel like he was a wee bit off it in, in terms of St. Johnston's physicality um, at the weekend, but I think you kind of know what you're going to get with him. That's not that's not going to be part of his game. But in terms of somebody who can get on the ball, can be composed on the ball, can link the play. I, I do think that he's that he's got a, a lot to offer in that sense. And I, I feel like he faded out of the game in the second half, but I felt there were periods of the first half, at least, where he did look like perhaps the only person who was looking capable of making a decent forward pass. Um, he played a few wide, he played a few kind of into the, into the strikers first time. He, he, look, he does look after the ball well generally. Um I just think he's it, obviously it's a it's a poor mistake, and you know nobody needs to really you'll not need told twice about that. But I think he's he is very much a player that I think is worth sticking with. I think he's got a lot of talent. I'd maybe you know you, you do wonder if he could maybe offer a wee bit more in terms of you know kind of attacking threat because I mean that's something that really caught the eye with him at Dundee United um, when he first went there, um, and you do wonder if there's more to come from him. But I just. I mean, I can have seen him taking a, a fair amount of stick and I felt sort of compelled to stick up for him because I do think he can be an important player. I just think he is he is the type that you maybe need to get the right players around him um to draw the best from because you know he's not going to be a you know, he's not going to be a battler, a ball winner. He is a kind of guy who um who wants to make passes, who picks up decent areas. And if he knows how to get on the ball in that area, he can get himself into decent wee pockets of space. Um I just, you know, I maybe I'm uh, riding too much to his defence here, but I do think he, he has a lot to offer and I'd be reticent to be, you know, to be too harsh on him for Saturday. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's a difficult one for Montgomery, I think, because if he, he would be perfectly within his rights to go with a, a central midfield pairing of Joe Newell and Jimmy Jago uh, when they go to Ross County, purely because we know... And he knows that that combination works well. That I think you you might need a little bit of dig um, against Ross County. I mean, obviously, Derek Adams' comments after their own game on on Saturday could make it interesting this weekend. Um, you know, certainly, we don't want to see a game as bad as uh, as the one on Saturday from his point of view. But you know, it, it's the optics. I don't think would be would be great if Levitt was dropped to the bench for Saturday's game. But at the same time, it's perfectly legitimate. It's a perfectly le- legitimate call to make to say, you know what, I'm going to mm-hmm. go with Joe and Jimmy Jago as my midfielders because I want a combination of sort of, you know, the all action box to box type Joe Newell alongside the, you know, the kind of midfield scrapper in, in, in Jago. And we know they've worked well together in the past. I think, you know, we certainly discussed in previous um, previous discussions, we, we've sort of said, is there. You know, is there any merit in breaking them up? Um, you know, and sort of forcing another player in there, or you know, should you kind of stick with them until until such point where you know it needs to be changed? And you know, I think I mean, I, I would be surprised if after you know the sort of first forty-five minutes in Perth, which was pretty eye-bleeding to be honest. I mean, you know, it was just there wasn't really a 
I don't, I, can't, I don't really recall anything of note happening apart from St. Johnson having a goal ruled out for yeah, offsides. Uh-huh. and even then, you know, that looked sort of really close. Beyond that, there was you know, there wasn't really a lot, maybe a couple of yellow cards, and that was about it. Yeah, because I watched and, the highlights on sports scene after, and I think the first half highlights must have lasted about a minute and a half. I, 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 I might even be being generous there, uh, but it, it's, it's always quite telling. Uh huh, and and you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if having seen the first 45 minutes, Montgomery has then said to, to Levitt at halftime, you know, I want more from you. I need you on the ball more. I need you to try and make things happen because, you know, the front four are not getting any, or, you know, the front two aren't getting service. The front four, the wingers, sorry, are struggling to, you know, get much joy down the flanks. And, you know, I mean, at the same time, you can sort of congratulate St. Johnston for, for playing, you know, playing a good game that, you know, did kind of stifle Hibs. And, you know, as you point out, it was a kind of self-inflicted error that, that led to their goal. If they don't, you know, if, if that doesn't happen, then maybe Hibs get a point. And rather than everyone kind of overreacting a little bit, I think, um, would be, a, or not everyone, but there has been a deal of, a certain deal of overreaction from uh, some sections of the support. You know, I think a point from, from McDermott Park would be, you know, not the worst kind of result to take because... You know, Hibs have struggled there in the past. Pitch wasn't great, conditions, etc. As we've as we've talked about, but you know, I, I just wonder whether Montgomery had said to Levitt, "We need more from you," and you know, there was maybe not not kind of you know panicked, but just more of a, a kind of on Levitt's part, more of a sort of determination to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think he'll he'll be aware that you know he's you know there are three of them at the moment competing for those central midfield berths. And, you know, ideally you would look to, you know, with Newell suspended, you would have looked at Levitt to have played the Newell role and Jekyll to have played, well, the Jekyll role. Um, but obviously, you know, that, that didn't happen. I, I just think, I mean, we, we've actually seen on quite a few occasions when Hibs do play it from the back, it is risky. And it's that, you know, it's that kind of risk versus reward. If you get it right, then, you know, it, it can lead to, it can lead to effectively a counter-attack. It can lead to, you know, just... You know, keeping the ball, whatever, and you know there have been a few hairy moments. There's been you know sharp uh, sharp intakes of breath in the press box at times when you know <laughs> a defender's maybe a little bit dallies on the ball a little bit once they get it for Marshall or you know Marshall's a bit kind of hurries a hurries one of his passes and you know it's not far away from you know falling into a, an opposition player's path. But you know that that's what happens when when you play that way. There is going to be that element of risk and. You know, I'm obviously if it's a team like Hibs doing it, then there are going to be mistakes. You are going to have errors because you know they're not they're not going to be able to play it perfectly all the time. And so I think I think you're right. I think that you know Levitt maybe has had um, has maybe had a, a little bit more harsh treatment from the fans than he maybe warrants. Um, you know, and it's it's quite funny looking at the position and looking at like you know some of the some of the reactions to Joel Newell in previous seasons. And then, you know, he's been sort of such an important player um, since Montgomery came in, whether it's, you know, from set pieces, whether it's just from, you know, grabbing the grabbing games by the scruff of the net. Because I don't think, I don't think he'd really have another player like that when he's not in the team. Um, you know, he's just sort of, he's, he's kind of rounded, he's got an all-rounded game now. He's perfected this sort of, you know, he's he's got that bit of physicality. He's got the the skill. He's got the vision for you know passes and things like that. And I think this you know him really missed that. 
and you would have wanted Levitt to be able to kind of step up and replicate that type of performance, and he didn't. Yeah. So, you know, on, on the one hand, you know, yes, you know, let's let's not sort of jump on the, you know, let's not jump on the drop Dylan Levitt bandwagon, but you know, at the same time, you know, we've we've talked about this before. Montgomery makes sort of two to three changes usually uh, game to game. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it perhaps wouldn't be a surprise to see Joe Newell come back in. I just maybe Levitt getting getting a bit of a rest because he has played he's played a lot of football since um you know since he came back in to the team after his injury and you know I I just think you know whether he's whether you're just sort of feeling burnt out a little bit I don't know um but I would agree with you that he wasn't as influential as you would want him to be on Saturday there's then the mistake um, for the goal so you know if he if he's benched for Saturday's game I don't think. You know, I don't think you read anything into that other than the manager trying to make changes uh, to, you know, hopefully come up with a, a combination that's got the best chance of winning, um, you know, winning a football game. I mean, we, we spoke about Levitt when he first came into the team. He was coming on as as a sub for the last sort of 15, 20 minutes when he was working his way back from, from injury. He looked really good. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the came on against Hearts at Tynecastle and, you know, played a big part in, in his sort of kind of controlling the latter stages of that game. Um, there were other games where he came on uh, sort of midway through the second half and, you know, it wasn't really... Sometimes you bring subs on and, and you know, the kind of the flow of play kind of breaks down or it's just disrupted, but he was sort of not so much as keeping it consistent, but sort of bringing something more to it. And, you know, I, I just think... I mean, it's, it seems unfair to single him out after Saturday because there were a lot of players like that, a lot of players who you could, you know, sort of say... Yeah. Um, I mean... You know, Boyle and Yuan are the obvious ones. I mean, just felt they were at best on the periphery and at worst sort of virtually anonymous at times. And you know that then leads to a kind of then leads to them to not getting much service. Um, and it's you know it, I just go back to the fact that you know Montgomery is trying to kind of get through these games with. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't have an obvious starting eleven because of the way he plays. But at the moment, it is a little bit sort of it's, it's threadbare. And if your kind of you know key players, if your talismans aren't performing, or if they're not available like Newell, then the team does actually look pretty kind of ordinary and one-dimensional. And I think that's that's a concern. Um, you know, maybe going into going into Saturday's game, that you need you need your sort of key players to be performing. You need them to you know kind of leave everything on the pitch and, and just essentially essentially sort of try and make things happen, which, you know, they didn't do on Saturday. Part of that was down to the way St. Johnson played. But at the same time, you know, you need to find a way past that. You need to, you know, if, if Hibs don't really have a an obvious plan B under Montgomery, then, you know, it has to be doing plan A better. But, you know, that didn't happen on Saturday. It's got to happen this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just think there were so many, so many different sort of, Factors in in Saturday's performance that you know affected it, and you know the level one is, is difficult because you either give him a chance to make or to sort of atone for his mistake this Saturday, or you give him a rest and you bring back a tried and tested combination that you know works well together, and you know probably you know benefits the overall you know the overall team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it could be it could be interesting to see what um, what Montgomery does. Uh, for Saturday's game, I mean, there's also the possibility we see Rocky Bashiri coming back into the starting lineup. Um, 
Um, there's obviously question marks over Lewis Miller, whether he'll play. We should find out more from, from the press conference this week. Um, but I think, you know, I mean, there's, there's a few players who probably couldn't have any complaints if, if they found themselves on the bench, um, you know, this, this coming weekend after, after Saturday's performance. Yeah, aye, exactly. I mean, you you could appoint the finger at any any number of players. Um, so just moving on to Saturday's game. Um, obviously, I mean, I feel like the pressure is is really the pressure's really really on here. Um, not so much in terms of Hibs getting a result or performance, but um, just the two teams putting on a game that gets the approval of Derek Adams. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. um, I mean it. Managers have all, all said something that they maybe regret in the aftermath of a defeat. And I think the manner of the defeat must have been particularly hard to take. Um, you know, sort of injury time injury time winner for, for the visiting team. Um, after, in, in Adam's words, you know, his team had been on top throughout. Um, we've we've seen Hibs this season, uh, you know, throw, not, not throw things away, but, you know, be in a, a position, be in a commanding position, be in a leading position, and then, you know, end up, um, end up drawing late on, you know, St Mirren would be the, I think, the obvious one. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Montgomery never said anything along the lines of, you know, I had the team with the lowest budget in the A-League and this was, you know, was much better than what I saw tonight. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, I think weirdly, uh, I think the comments could actually work in, in Hibs' favour because, yeah. you know, Roth County obviously looked to be, um, you know, they, they got the, the sort of, the, the new manager bounce when Adams came back. I think it could be a new manager bounce when it's a previous manager who comes back, but um, yeah. they did get a lift from him coming in. There were some good results, and then that's two defeats on the bounce. And you know, I, I just wonder whether after the comments and the way they were sort of, you know, addressed by you know just the kind of Scottish football supporting public. I just think, I mean, I'm, I'm not really sure you. I'm not really sure it forms the basis of the pre-match team talk for Hibs, but <laughs> you know, it's it certainly makes Derek Adams more difficult. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, players. <laughs> I think yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It certainly adds it adds something to the to the game. It adds something to the build-up um, for sure. But it's, I mean, you can you can actually sort of predict what will happen. You know, at the press conference on Tuesday, somebody will ask Nick Montgomery about it, and it will just be we just focus on our, our own team. I don't pay any attention to what other managers say, and you know, find well he does. I mean, you know, all managers say this. I don't read the papers. Of course you do. Um, you know, it's 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 one of the it's one of the greatest myths in in football. Um, you know, I don't read the papers. I don't read the headlines. Yeah, um, but here's this headline I didn't like. <laughs> yes, um, which somebody else told me about because I don't read the headlines yeah. or the papers. But you know, I think it's. I mean, you know, I don't want to don't want to turn this into you know the Ross County Observer, but I think if if you're a Ross County player and you're you're sort of hearing that, then it's it's not really a great sort of you're not getting you're not getting a lot of confidence from your manager saying that. Um, no. You know. But, Maybe the players might have agreed with it. Maybe it was a poor game. I mean, there's been you know we've seen a lot of poor games um, following Hibs for you know since the start of the season. Um, and there's been some other games in the in the Scottish Premiership that have been really low on quality. But you know, I think it did seem a little bit a little bit hyperbolic to say you know this is like awful. I don't know why people pay to see this. I've just come from you know the sort of lowest budget team in league in England, and it was never as bad as this. It's you know, maybe it's the kind of thing where he's trying to get a reaction uh, from his players. Um, but 
like I say, I think I think that could work in Hibbs' favour. That if there is this little bit of you know unrest or uncertainty um, from uh, Adam's comments about you know how the team's going to play, um, you know it's it's, gonna, it's got to be at the back of your mind. I mean, even even if he comes in, um, you know, first training session this week and said sorry about that, lads. You know, heat of the moment, got a little bit carried away in what I said. Um, you know, just business as usual. You're you're going to have it at the back of your mind. You're going to be thinking, "I but yeah. you know, it wasn't just a throwaway comment. It was quite a sustained attack on you know, yeah, your, your own team in Scottish football in general." So I think you know that that could work in Hibs' favour if they do uh, follow what Montgomery likes to do, which is just focusing on them and how they can beat um, how they can beat Ross County. And you know, I think I think it might well feature in uh, you know in in some of the sort of pre-match stuff this week. I mean, how could it not? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, I, I, my sort of gut feeling is going on what we've seen before from Montgomery's Hibs team, it will be a much improved performance. Whether or not it will be improved to the extent that they can take three points, I think it remains to be seen because there's also the possibility that um, Adam's comments will, you know, have the desired effect on the Ross County team. And we could actually get, you know, a, a wonderful footballing spectacle this, this Saturday. Um, you know, we can, we can sort of live in, live in hope. But, it's, it's a place that Hibs have sort of struggled at um, previously. They have they have obviously won there, but there's been some forgettable performances. There's been some kind of midweek games that have ended in, in draws or, or defeats. And you know, it's it's going back to the going back to the game in, in Perth. That you know the conditions probably won't be great. You've got that sort of you know it's a small tight stadium, and you know, I mean Jordan Abita was speaking after the the St Johnson game and saying it doesn't yeah. affect. Um, but you know you'll be used to playing at Easter Road. You know the players are used to having sort of very vocal home crowd behind them. Um, you know they have they have sort of got more points at Easter Road under Montgomery than they have away from home, although it's it's close. Um, but I think the you know the main thing is they haven't lost at Easter Road, and that's you know that's obviously not a coincidence. Um, and you know I think coming at the end, I mean that's you know the fourth game away from home in a row after. Um, what was it Dundee, Celtic, Livingston? No, that can't be right. Celtic. Uh, the, Aber- the Aberdeen game was sandwiched yeah. in there. The Celtic, Celtic game. Livingston, yeah. St. John and Ross County got there in the end. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's trips in there. Like, you know, Perth isn't a quick, uh, a quick trip up the motorway. Neither thing. Well, it's, it's probably no surprise the players are feeling a bit, you know, probably feeling a bit jaded, feeling a bit, you know, kind of. You know, it's it's tiring when you're traveling so much, and I know that I know that obviously St. Johnson and Hibbs agreed to to bring that game forwards from uh, I think it was December the thirtieth originally, mm-hmm. um, which probably helps them to have more of a gap between the Derby and the the Motherwell game on January the second. But you know, it's it's now looking a little bit like you know perhaps it might be best to keep that for that time period and then just get a bit of a break. But you know, you can't you can't really predict what's going to happen in terms of injuries and yeah, exactly. And stuff like that, and you know, you look back to the Livingston game, and you think, well, you know, yeah, the the good thing is that we've got another game next week. We've beaten Livingston. We didn't play too badly against Celtic. You know, there were some good bits, and then we built on that with a you know a win at a place we've struggled at previously. Then you know, keep the momentum going, and it hasn't worked out like that, obviously. But you know, I think Saturday's game is a chance for them to to do what they've done under Montgomery before, which is to to bounce back from. You know, a poor performance and a poor result, and you know, kind of get back on the horse for want of a better description. I think you've got, 
you know, we talked about the the derby aspect of that with players trying to trying to impress before the the team selection for that. And you know, you've got the the possible um, possible factor of, of Ross County not really knowing what's going on with with Adam's comment. So it's it's a very difficult one to call. Um, you know, I mean, you you throw into that the fact that there probably will be changes uh, to the Hibs team. You know, it could be very different. Um, I think the the one thing that I think Montgomery will be working on this week is that when you look at the number of shots that Hibbs had in his first few games compared to the opposition and compared to how many shots Hibbs are having now or not having, as the case yeah, may be. Yeah, that's dropped off, hasn't it? Yeah, and that, that's got to be a concern. Um, you know, I, I think whether it's sort of changing up the personnel, I mean, we know he's not going to deviate much from the kind of four four two, but... You know, do you bring Josh Campbell back into that kind of support and striker role? Do you move Boyle out wide again? Um, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of options that he has. I think um, with the players he has available to to change it around, and I think I think for me that that's the that's the sort of main thing um, that they'll be working on this week is is just trying to get trying to get more opportunities, trying to get more um, you know more shots on goal, and not you know not just shots on goal, but shots on target. Um, yeah, which is Obviously, it was the downfall against it was the downfall against uh, St Johnston. They only, I think, had one, maybe two shots on target in the victory over Kilmarnock. Didn't have a great amount of shots on on target against Livingston either. And it was, you know, a case of, you know, they took their chances in those games, and you know, it worked out. And then they didn't take their chances against St Johnston, but they didn't create chances against St Johnston, and it culminated in a defeat. So, you know, I, I would hope that I would hope that this week. You know the players and, and Montgomery can work on something that, that will see them return to, um, you know the way they were playing earlier on in his tenure because it's the same. It's the same players. You know I know they're going to be tired um, after a lot of games. You've got the injuries. You've got a little bit of you know disruption. The players dropping out, like Lewis Miller dropping out with the suspension and then possibly being injured. You had Jordan Abita missing a game. You've had Joe Newell missing through suspension and, and stuff like that. But you know I mean the the players are capable of the players are at least capable of raising you know, their game to the level that it was when Montgomery first came in. Um, you know, that obviously, obviously you get the new manager bounce effect, but at the same time, you know, regardless of whether the players are, you know, all sort of suited to the style of play, I think the players that he's got, until he gets to January at least, the players that he's got should be, uh, and have shown themselves to be capable of, of at least putting in better performances. And I think, you know, that has to be the, the minimum going into going into this weekend. Yeah, I think I think the kind of return of some sort of attacking spark feels like the most important thing going up to to Ross County because you you feel like you know if Hibs can do that then it's one of those where you know taking nothing for granted but the result should take care of itself if they can find um, that bit more kind of attacking fluidity. I think you maybe you know it's it's clearly you made a great point with the the number of shots. Um, dropping off and it has quite markedly um i think maybe do you take into account as well the fact that you know opposition teams are you know they've got much better idea um of what hibs are going to throw at them under nick montgomery i think they, they'll they'll probably they'll be looking at stats and they'll see that you know in terms of you know hibs are not a team who you know who really look to get crosses into the box i think when you look at the um that kind of style of playing what the numbers are saying it's like they are Kind of among the lowest in the league for the percentage of you know balls that they play that are crosses into the box. It's not something they look to um, you know to do just throwing balls in there. Uh, it's it's all kind of geared to, to you know sort of working 
um, ways through the opposition. And I think there, there does seem to be an element of teams have kind of got to grips a wee bit with what um, Hibs are, are, are going to try and do to them. Uh, you know, those kind of, you know, the, you know, the goal at Dundee being the, you know, the the, uh, the perfect example. Um, you know, Boyle's goal at Livingston, you know, working the ball into the box, um, yeah. kind of quick runs, quick transitions. Um, and there was always going to be an element of that because, you know, it's when a new manager comes in, there is a sort of an unknown, um, you know, for the opposition as well as to what he's going to try and get his team to do. But I think, you know, it's not like, I think it's not a kind of insurmountable problem. Um, there's more than enough talent uh, in that forward line to, you know, to start hitting the back of the net again. Um, but it's, it's the, the same maybe throughout the rest of the team as well. Obviously, there's there's been injuries in other areas. Guys have come in and out. That I think the we started to see I think you know an improvement in the the back line over a certain number of games when there was a bit more consistency and personnel and I think I know it's it's enforced at times and you know the manager wants to rotate um, but it's it there's been kind of changes up in the forward line as well you know we've kind of seen uh Yuan come in and out he was out of the team for a few weeks Josh Campbell came in I thought it worked quite well that set up with with um, so himself and Martin Boyle quite interchanging. Um, you know, one would come into the centre, one would go out to the right. But you know, again, it's it's changed again, and we're not sort of seeing that so much now. We've seen Boyle go through the middle. Uh, you know, Jair's kind of made that position on the left uh, his own at the moment, where I should maybe you know, expect to have seen Yuan there before. So there is a kind of you know turnover uh, in terms of you know who, who's playing where. And I just wonder as well if that's maybe having some sort of effect because it's it's it, there was guys on Saturday, you know, you touched on Boyle and Yuan earlier, where they just they, they struggled to get into it at all, and it's as if they, there just wasn't much kind of process in what they were they were trying to do. I know you know the kind of free formness and the, the, the fluidity is important, but I think there obviously needs to be some sort of you know. At least semi structure within that in terms of what you know guys are where guys are looking to be the runs are looking to make and it's just it's becoming a wee bit of a pattern as well that Dylan Vented just struggles to get into the game at all. Yeah, um, so like, yeah. I, I think you know you can. He had that streak um, near the start of the season where I think it, did he score like was it something like five goals from five shots in target and yeah. that was always something that was going to. I mean, you, you, nobody can sustain you know that level of efficiency uh, mm-hmm. really. That was always going to drop off at some point, and I, I just think finding a way to get him into the game more. Um, and, and I'm not talking. I mean, I think there's been, you know, it's been kind of observed that he'll he'll maybe try and come in and drop deep. And that's that is that the classic sort of sign of a frustrated striker just wanting to get involved in the game, really, because you know people would maybe want to see him between the posts a bit higher up. But I just think finding a way to get him involved a bit more is. It's, it's kind of imperative because I think he's one of those guys that you can see whenever he gets the ball that he's he is just a good player. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. you don't need to watch him for long to see that. Um, so yeah, just to get back to the original point, I think just I think the most important thing, especially getting into you know Edinburgh Derby where Hibs are going to the onus is going to be on Hibs to be aggressive and try and you know you've got to be on the front foot when you're at home to Hearts. It's kind of, it's a non-negotiable uh, for a Hibs team really, isn't it? Um, to, that, that'd be the main thing that I think I'd want to see going up the road this weekend. It's just the return of some sort of attacking inspiration because it's it, it's a team that's set up to attack and if it doesn't work, then 
you know, you don't always fancy them to grind out results the way they did at Livingston, and then obviously that it played out like that on Saturday. Because um, I think that's, I think that is the last thing that you know, kind of fans probably want to see is another slog over the line. Either way, you know, whether it results in three points or you know more drop points, I think it's just you just kind of want to see that return to um, some sort of attacking fluidity because the players are, I think the players are there. Certainly, the standard in this league, they're they're more than capable. I think. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue with that. And I think you know it has been it has been maybe difficult for Montgomery and that he's come in. It's not you know it's not his squad. The players are not his players. There's obviously you know there are individuals in that team who are suited to the way he wants to play. I think we've seen that with um, with some players. We've seen that with you know the way they've kind of you know adapted and in some cases improved. Um, but I just think you know it's you do kind of feel from a little bit because he has. You know, not having Lafondre in there has, has really kind of, you know, even as an option off the bench, has really kind of limited his options um, mm-hmm. in attack, uh, you know, or in center, center, uh, the centre forward positions. And, you know, it's, it's it's maybe it's maybe one of those things where the fact that you've got like Boyle and Yuan can both play out wide or they can sort of play through the middle. Um, and I know that it tends to use Boyle there more than, more than Yuan, but... You know, it's obviously it's an advantage to have players with that sort of level of flexibility, but it, it can also be like it can also be a, a disadvantage as well, because you know it allows for like too much tinkering and you know the sort of pursuit of goals and the pursuit of shots on target. Um, you know, I I mean I, I think I, I wrote this in one of the one of the pieces I did over the weekend, looking back at the St Johnston game, that I wouldn't be surprised to see Josh Campbell sort of coming back into. Um, into that like, more attacking role, I don't know how you sort of combine that. Do you play him with Vente? Do you, you know, put Vente on the bench and put Boyle uh, alongside Campbell? Do you put Boyle out to the flanks? Do you drop one of Yuan Tavares? You know, there's there's a lot of options um, for what Montgomery can do. But I mean, I, he strikes me as the kind of guy who will know, you know, he will he will have sort of like methods to to try and turn these things uh, turn these things around. You know, I, I don't think it's, you know, we're not going to see him rock up at Ross County with, you know, seven changes to the lineup, a change in formation. You know, it's he's got a way of playing, he's got a style of playing, and you know, I, I don't, I don't expect to see too much deviation. We've talked about this before that, you know, if planning doesn't work, then you just do it better, which I think is, you know, it's an interesting approach. But I mean, you know, we've seen we've seen Plan A work very, very effectively uh, against some teams. We've also seen it not work, you know, maybe as, as as well as it might against others. But you know, I, I think I think Montgomery will have seen enough on Saturday to know what needs to change for Ross County, what needs to be worked on on the training ground. Whether that's you know somehow getting more service to to Dylan Vente, whether it's you know changing the personnel, even just having, for instance, Joe Newell back in the midfield or Rocky Bashiri driving forward. You know, little little things, little tweaks that can sometimes have. You know, a, a much bigger impact, um, and you know, I, I don't think, I don't think he's the sort of manager to sort of you know look at Saturday in Perth and then say, you know, we'll just go again and hopefully it'll be better. You know, he'll he'll have, he'll have things that he you know maybe would want to try. For all we know, there were things he wanted to do against St Johnston, but didn't want to, you know, didn't feel he could risk players if they're maybe not hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen this before where players have been fit enough for a place on the bench, but he hasn't played them. And it's it's all about sort of trying to avoid 
um, you know, having players out for for a longer period of time than um, than is maybe necessary. And I think, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, you've got the derby coming up. You've also got players who are going to be going away to the um, the African Cup of Nations. You've got players going away to the Asian Cup. You know, I, I don't know if that's maybe you know playing on players' minds a little bit. Um, I mean, if, if I was Martin Boyle, having missed you know a previous Asian Cup and the last World Cup, knowing that this might well be my sort of last chance to play in a major tournament for you know my country, I, I might it might be playing on my mind a little bit, and you know it might be having an effect on on performances. Um, yeah, I just, you don't you don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think that's the case. We've certainly you know seen the way he played against. Against Livingston, you know, there was still that spark. There was still, you know, he still gave the defence a a tough time. And you know, every player, especially wingers, you know, they're inconsistent. They have off days. Um, but I think, you know, the carrot of the derby coming up, and the fact that Hibs are now getting to, you know, the end of the sort of festive schedule. And, you know, there are a few more, a few more days in between games. You know, you would hope that some players who maybe haven't been risked, risked previously might be in a position to contribute on Saturday and you know that could that could um you know that could make all the difference because I do think it's it's little things um you know I, I don't think I think Montgomery said this at the start of his tenure or close to the start of his, his time in charge that it's, it's not about sort of making wholesale changes overnight it's about sort of bringing in sort of you know smaller changes but more frequently more consistently and you know I just I just feel that there's I just feel they'll have something up his sleeve um, for Saturday's game. Um, I'd be very surprised if if it's a sort of another another slog or another another game like um, like the St Johnston game. Um, we say that now. I mean, we're yeah. <laughs> disappointed, but I just think you know. I think it just kind of, it all comes down to the fact that this is a manager who is playing with you know a squad of players that he has had no say over the signings of. Some of whom aren't well suited to the way he wants to play. He's got injuries to key players to deal with, um, and yet he's still, you know, the, the team has obviously made progress under his watch. They've only lost three league games, and two of them have been the Celtic and Rangers. That's that's not bad. And mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, you can argue that yes, there are games they should have won, but at the same time, there's games they've won that they probably wouldn't under previous management, and games they've drawn that they probably would have lost as well. So I think you know it's. I mean, again, I said this in in one of the pieces I did at the weekend. You know, obvious progress has been made, but you know, Saturday just reminded us that like, Hibs are still very much a team that's a work in progress. And I think until we get to January and players get back um, from injuries, and there's you know potentially um, you know additions made in the transfer window, I, I just think it's it is what it is. I don't think I don't think you're really going to see a huge amount of change in the way Hibs are playing just yet. But at the same time, they should have enough to be, you know, they should have enough to get a result or at the very least a much improved performance in Dingwall. And, you know, the Derby will take care of itself, I think. And then you've got Motherwell. Motherwell are not having, you know, the best of seasons. Um, but he's still, you know, still not to be underestimated. Um, and then you've got the winter break. And I think at the moment it's just a case of, you know, get over the line to the winter break and then, you know, sort of reset you know, assess the way things are going, what needs to change. And and I think, you know, I think if they can have a strong end to the sort of first half of the season and then, you know, a good January players coming back, possible new additions, then, you know, I think the second half of the season we're probably going to be more likely to see 
you know, more of what we saw at the start of Montgomery's tenure <laughs> compared to, you know, the last sort of couple of games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, that's all from us today, folks. Uh, and it's onwards and upwards to Dingwall at the weekend. Um, as I said earlier, we'll have a, a more in-depth uh, look at the numbers behind Saturday's defeat on our website later on today. And as always, we'll be bringing you kind of full preview and analysis um, ahead of this Saturday's game as Hibs head up to Ross County in search of just a kind of momentum regaining win ahead of their Edinburgh Derby and um, we'll be there to cover every minute of it. Uh, So thank you as always for joining us. Thank you.